season number three episode 12 where we have guest kyle hoffman coming on the pod and talking about ufc 260 or ufc 274 i know it happened two weeks ago but we were finally able to get it on and was finally able to edit it so hopefully you enjoy we talk a lot of we talk mostly about ufc 274 we also talk about us ufc 275 and then we talked about the stacked ufc 276 card but let's go back to ufc 274 we talked about charles Oliveira's win over justin gagey who is his next fight would habib nirmag made of comeback out of retirement despite getting enshrined in the UFC Hall of Fame. Um, who could Conor McGregor's next matchup be? Same thing with Islam Makachev and Justin Gagey. Um, is Tony Ferguson done? What's going to happen with him? Um, when uh, or do you th- or if you think there's going to be another matchup between Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes? I know they're on the Ultimate Fighter this season or this upcoming season. So we talk mostly about UFC. We talk about also his podcast. He says he's going to get it up sometime here soon. So again, and again, all the links will be down in the description below. So again, a big thanks to Kyle Hoffman. Hopefully we get another episode or two episodes released next week because this is going to probably come out on Saturday night. All right, again, thanks for watching and enjoy the rest of the episode and the interview with Kyle Hoffman. Before we start today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shot to our sponsor of today's video. And that sponsor is our good friends over at HelpYouFind.me. You're probably asking yourself, JJ, what is HelpYouFind.me? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Peter Sanchez, the founder, creator, and owner, was originally worried about his daughter and his mom always asking him for his travel details. HelpYouFind.me was initially created for collective peace of mind. 48 hours. These are the most crucial or most critical moments to find you in the event of an emergency or worse, waiting for the legal process to access your important history information, which can take up to weeks upon weeks upon weeks. With help you find Me, you have your own secure and encrypted digital if I go missing file that can give you your most trusted people access to virtual information much sooner than the authorities. Each person you share with that has your has its own access rules and everything is completely encrypted. Not even helpyoufind.me can access it. This puts you in total control of your data. You can also update your location, submit photos, screenshots, and post random information or notes on the go. It's as easy as texting with a friend. To find out more information, go to helpyoufind.me. Also, don't forget to use the promo code down below in my description. If you use the promo code STP2021 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that promo code is STP2021 to get 15% off your first order. And go to, uh, if you want more information, go to helpyoufind.me. And again, I'll put the link down in the description down below. All right, let's get back to the show. 
All right. I am pleased to be joined by returning guest, Kyle Hoffman of the Pickle Podcast. How's it going, Kyle? It's going awesome, JJ. Good to see your face again, man. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. And um, thankfully, you know, of course, it was last week when UFC 274 happened. But uh, let's get let's start talking about it, shall we? Um, Of course, a lot of people know about your podcast already. But if you just want to talk a little bit about it before we start talking about UFC 274 and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, I do the pickle podcast. Um, It's been on hiatus for a short amount of time just because, you know, a lot of stuff going on right now. But uh, we're restarting up on YouTube uh, here shortly. So I'm sure next time I'm on JJ, I'll have some more information for you. But it should be should be fun. All right. Again, all the links will be down in the description, his website and all that stuff, his social media sites like Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. And of course, YouTube as well. So let's start off with the May or the uh, beginning bouts. Of course, Cerrone was supposed to fight in this one. That one didn't happen. So let's start with the Brown Williams fight. Brown wins it. That wasn't the most entertaining fight, but at least we saw a little bit of spark on like the co-main event with Nama Yunus versus Esparza. But um, mm-hmm. did you see anything out of the ordinary with the Brown and Williams fight? Uh, I did not. It was for the most part what I expected uh, from the fight. You had Chaos Williams coming out with a lot of big uh, sweeping shots, putting a lot of power into him and Randy Brown keeping his distance. Um, you know, a lot of people had Chaos Williams winning that fight just out of his sheer power alone. But um, I actually had Randy Brown winning that fight because he's he's got he's got a longer reach. He's he's much better at movement around the perimeter than Chaos Williams. And it, it made for an exciting, exciting fight for the fact that Randy Brown was able to control chaos Williams and break him down. And, uh, you know, I, he, he actually reminds me a lot of, uh, uh, Kevin Holland, actually the way that he fights. So I think Randy Brown's going to be, um, doing a lot better now, now that he's beat chaos Williams he's going to be more of a household name. So I'm excited for what's to come for Randy Brown. All right. That was an interesting one, too. And I think that was kind of a last second notice because the Cerrone fight was, you know, canceled or whatever. But, yeah, that was interesting. Again, there were some sparks there. Wasn't really anything that surprised me um, to kind it of actually box- got moved up from the preliminaries, I think, to the main mm-hmm. card after the Cerrone fight got canceled. So, yeah. 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 And I think those guys both kind of on the would you say they're both on the upside or what would you say with both Brown and Williams with um, where their status is in the UFC, I guess I should say. Uh, you know, Chaos William needs to work on his movement a lot more um, and controlling his distance. Uh, he's just the type of fighter that that needs to work on that type of thing. I mean, he's uh, he's a he's a big swinger. He's a banger. Um, he's got to work on his distance a lot more if he's going to face people that are longer and, and have more reach than Randy Brown. Of course, I think he can definitely work on it if he could work on his wrestling more often. Uh, he he could be a lot more prepared for a fighter like Randy Brown because. Even though Randy Brown is a decent grappler, I think that Chaos Williams, with his mass, um, if he would have put a lot more wrestling into his camp, he could have had a better chance at taking Randy Brown, getting some takedowns, and stopping him from controlling that distance. So I see a lot of upside for both fighters. However, I think Randy Brown right now is really going to be on a run, and he showed me a lot of good things in that fight. All right, we'll talk about it a little bit if we get some time here, but let's talk about the other fight with uh, St. Pru versus Rua. Um, that fight again, didn't have a lot of spark either. I mean, it went the distance. I mean, what did you see from that fight? And I mean, were you really impressed with either fighter? Cause it seemed kind of like at least Rua maybe was kind of trying to avoid some, uh, it, it kind of saw, it kind of, it kind of, I kind of saw it where St. Pru was trying to go after Rua and Rua kind of avoided it. Did you see the same thing or what did you actually see? Yeah, I, before that fight started, I knew that uh, Rua is going to try to avoid uh, the grappling of St. Prue uh, because if obviously he did get Rua down, it, w- it would be a one-sided fight. But yeah, I expected this. I expected OSP to come out with the victory, even though Rua does have a lot of heart. I mean, uh, let's be honest, both of these guys should be retired by now. So it was fun to watch, um, but I, I definitely think that OSP still has a little more in the tank than Rua at this point, obviously. All right, so let's get to our our. Technically, it's not necessarily a Trey main event, but it was more of the, the you know the third best fight in this one between Chandler and Ferguson. Um, of course, the big st- uh, you know the big talking point was Chandler getting the leg kick and knocking Ferguson out for a little while. Um, do you think Ferguson? Do you think he needs to retire, or do you what? Because it doesn't seem like Ferguson has much in the tank now after that loss. Because I think it's his fourth straight, I believe, right? It is his fourth straight. Um, and, you know, it was really disappointing for Tony fans to see him come out in the first round like that mm-hmm. and really look like his old self. Obviously, he didn't look 100% like his old self, but you could see flashes of his old self in the way that he was fighting. I think his uh, his new philosophy 
that he talked about pre-fight did it did him a lot of good as far as his outlook and his his mindset going into the fights now um so you know you could see it on the end at the end of the round where he gave chandler a slap and he he could feel it you know and then the beginning of the second round starts and and chandler comes out and just lays a whopping kick right on the chin of, of tony ferguson and if you watch the interview uh, of Michael Chandler when he was talking to uh, Arahawani, I believe, uh, he was talking about how Chandler also went into that fight with a different mindset, too, that he wasn't going to just fight, right? He was going to be patient in this fight and, and, and let his inner fighter come out instead of trying to bring it out. Because normally he's just swinging for the fences, trying to make things happen. In this fight, he realized that Tony Ferguson was a different kind of beast. And he realized that he had to take a different approach. And I think what Michael Chandler realized during that fight was that if he is patient and he lets the fighter come out, he can be one of the most dangerous fighters in the UFC. He surprised himself with that kick. And I think that if if he comes in with the same mindset like that, he could be amazing, right? He could be one of the greatest champions if he just keeps doing that. But then again, you know, who's he going to face next? Because if he faces someone like the likes of Conor McGregor that he called out, how is he going to stand up mentally in the octagon, knowing that Chandler likes to be sporadic and, and can get off of his game plan? Conor McGregor would be the perfect person to try to get Chandler off of his game plan and make him try to try to bring the fighter out rather than let the fighter come out. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's going to be interesting going forward with Chandler. If he continues to do that, it can be great, but he's got to keep it together. He's got to keep doing the same thing. Well, let's get to uh, let's t- start talking about Chandler now. I mean, you just mentioned McGregor, and I would love to see Chandler versus McGregor. That would definitely be a main bout right there. But and, and a lot of people, I think, have thought that you know maybe McGregor gets a chance at Oliveira, and I don't think that should happen. I think Poirier should get a chance with Oliveira again. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes here. But do you think McGregor and Chandler will happen? And do you think it will actually happen or do you think they'll try to schedule Oliveira versus McGregor or Poirier versus McGregor? I guess Justin Gagey versus Conor McGregor. I really see, I really see a matchup between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey again. I see another fight between those two. Um, That's what I really see happening because I really think Dana is going to try to try to make this McGregor fight happen. And to be honest, uh, seeing what Tony Ferguson was still able to do to Michael Chandler in the first round there, I can see Conor McGregor having some type of chance against Michael Chandler. I mean, don't call me crazy because, you know, uh, Conor McGregor is a different type of fighter than mm-hmm. Chandler would be used to, right? He's, uh, especially against like Oliveira, Oliveira kind of fights like McGregor, right? He controls distance. He, he only comes in and counter punches very, very well. They're both great counter punchers. So I can see a great fight between McGregor and Chandler if they were able to make that happen. And it's, it's coming time to where Conor McGregor, you know, you got to feed the beast at some point. He doesn't stay away for long. Yeah, the thing, too, about McGregor is I don't think he, even right now, I think he's just getting over his injuries. I just don't think he would last very long with Oliveira. I mean, as no. of now, I think, in my opinion, he should fight uh, Chandler one more time. Not one more time, but he should fight Chandler first and then fight Oliveira, fight for the belt, maybe. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it right now, he's, what, ranked ninth? So he still has a long way to go, really, before he can get that belt again. So in my mm-hmm. opinion, I would love to see Chandler versus McGregor. I didn't think much about Oliveira, or not Oliveira, but Gagey versus Poirier. But we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But um, mm-hmm. do you, if Chandler doesn't fight McGregor, who would be his next match? You th- uh, next, next matchup? Uh, you know, I think it could be another Gagey matchup, like he said. Um, uh, you know, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, has got two recent wins lately. You know, he's still in the mix and he's still, uh, a surging veteran. You know, there's a couple people in the mix. Um, Rafael Fiziev is on a three fight win streak, just beat Bobby green and Brad Riddell. Um, so there's a lot of guys around the six to 10 range, um, including Benel Dariush, who recently just had to pull out of a fight, but he will be ready soon as well. So, I mean, I could see a fight between any of these contenders in the lightweight division, it's really one of the most exciting divisions to watch right now. And I also want to add that Charles Oliveira is pushing for probably going to be one of the greatest lightweights of all time. If he keeps this up, because that performance that he put on was absolutely legendary. Well, that leg kick is almost unstoppable, right? I mean, once he gets that leg kick, it's almost impossible. And especially in two, he can go to the ground. You could clearly see when Gagey knocked him once, I think knocked him down twice 
He mm-hmm. didn't want to get to the ground because he knew he wouldn't last long. And that's exactly what ended up happening. But uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about that in a few minutes here. But let's go to the co-main event between Nama Yunus versus Esparza. Not a lot of sparks, but I did agree with the judges because, in my opinion, Nama Yunus was too... She was too laid back in that fight and kind of didn't start really going after her until the fourth or fifth round. And you saw Esparza was hit less than, um, or at least her face was not as battered as Nama Yunus. But did you agree with the judges and uh, Esparza getting the win? I did actually agree with the judges on Esparza getting the win because of the takedowns alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. There wasn't much scoring in the fight. Um, Rose Nama Yunus did control the perimeter a lot better and had a few more significant strikes. But then again, you know, as a champion coming in there, it does not look good to the judges when you aren't being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Carla Esparza uh, went into the fight and she even gave an interview about this. She went into the fight looking to be safe. Uh, she was looking for the takedown right away. Um, so pretty much what happened was both basically both fighters were trying to play it safe and they just ended up lasting way too long. If I was in Rose Nama Yunus's corner after that third round, I would have said, screw the title go out there and fight because I mean, mm-hmm. you have your reputation on the line. It's not just the belt. I mean, it's your reputation on the line, your fans and your paycheck is on the line. Uh, you can continue to stay champion, but it doesn't mean you're going to be popular, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm glad Carlos Sparza won the fight. I think it'll put some fire under Rose. Now um, I didn't like her attitude coming to that fight. And I honestly think that the way that she was jawing with uh, Sparza during the fight and kind of showing attitude, I don't think it looked very good on the judges, to be honest, either. I think they kind of, I think it might have swayed the judges a little bit on that one, too. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about it, too, like the way Nami Yuna, she was just way too laid back. I thought you, her face was a lot more battered than Sparza was. So mm-hmm. I agreed with it just because of the way the fight happened. And again, Nami Yunus was just not very aggressive in that fight. Um, Sparza and I was the champion. I think it was the straw weight division. Who, who do you think she fights next? Because I think we were talking about before you, we started recording, but who do you think uh-huh. um, should be the next, you know, next fight? Who should it be as far as his next matchup? Well, there is a strawweight fight coming up between, uh, uh, it's uh, Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Jershik. Those are two names that uh, are very hard to say, but I think I got it right. <laughs> um, but the winner of that, um, which I assume is going to be uh, Jay, uh, Zhang Wei Li, um, is probably going to fight Carla Esparza. Um, yeah, the winner of that fight is going to fight Carla Esparza. I mean, it's just inevitable. Um, Carla's probably going to take a little bit of a layoff because of how the fight turned out, and then she'll probably fight the winner of that fight, which I would expect uh, Zhang Wei Li to win that fight. And then do you think Nama Yunus would fight the loser of that matchup that, we were, that you were just mentioning with uh, Zhang Wei Li? Uh, possibly, or, you know, there's always like a Jessica Andrade mm-hmm. sitting out there, you know, um, that's always an exciting matchup. I don't believe they've fought twice yet. Have they, maybe they have, um, but yeah, she's all, she's another one too, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the carousel in that, uh, straw weight division right there where we're going to, we're going to see them fight each other for the next couple months. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> and do you think you could see a rematch with Nama Yunus and Zhang Wei Li here soon, or is that going to be down the road? And I guess. Could it even happen? Yeah, I can see it happening. Um, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Maybe if uh, Jay w- or Zhang Wei Li gets her next win or next or her fight, her ne- <laughs> she fi- has her next fight wins and then ends up fighting Nam Yunus, maybe in the winner of that takes on a spars. I guess that'd be down the road. That'd be at least a year, but yeah. it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. So, oh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Yeah, one person I always I also wanted to mention was I think that the next matchup for Rose is probably going to be Mariana Rodriguez. Um, she's on a win streak and she is ranked up there near the top. So she, I think, deserves a chance against Rose coming off a loss. And I think that's probably going to be the next matchup. So, OK, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Um, now let's get to the main bout with Charles Oliver and Gagey. Now, that one was had a lot of sparks in it, but it didn't last that long. And especially in the lightweight division, again, as you mentioned, and I agree with this totally, where it's the most exciting, you know, ex- most exciting division in the UFC. It's been that way for a long time. But um, were you surprised with the uh, with the way that fight ended, or were you surprised on it and anything, or were you surprised at all in the fight? No, I wasn't surprised at how it went. Um, I now have enough confidence in Charles Oliveira to say that yes, he is a he is a Gaethje destroyer if he wants to be. Um, it's it's you know 
Justin Gaethje has a weakness, right? And we all know what it is. It's he gives up on the choke, right? He taps mm-hmm. out. Um, and, and, you know, he can get better at that, but at the same time, I called a first round standing rear naked choke was my prediction and it ended up going to the ground. But, uh, at this point with the dominance of Charles Oliveira in the first round, I mean, he's literally coming right at you. And he told Justin Gaethje, I'm going to come right at you at this fight. So we knew we were going to see, uh, a just hearing the fighters talk. We knew we were going to see fireworks in the first round. So, uh, I automatically gave it to Charles Oliveira because, no matter which, no matter who gets dropped, right? If if uh, if uh, Oliveira gets dropped, Gaethje's going to stand him right back up, because that's his. That's that's what Oliveira does, right? If you knock him mm-hmm. down, you're not going to go down to the mat with him. You're, he, yeah. So in order to beat Charles Oliveira, you're going to have to put together a solid game plan to get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just scary at this point, man. And, and I really, I think Justin Gaethje did a great job in striking with him and. Um, I think uh, that fight would have gone a lot longer if uh, Justin Gaethje doesn't tap and he fights out of it. But and then again, Charles Oliveira, one of the best submission artists, has the most submissions uh, by in victories in the UFC. So uh, it, it definitely turned out the way I thought. Um, and uh, it was sort of disappointing to see Justin Gaethje give up the same way again. Mm-hmm. But uh, then again, you know, fighters get better. They're both uh, Justin Gaethje is still pretty young. So um Hopefully we can see these guys uh, fight again. And with Gage now, he's lost now two title fights. And both times it kind of happened the same way where he was subbed by Nurmaga Medev in 2020. And then basically almost two years later, he ends up getting the same thing with Oliveira. Do you think Gage gets another chance at the title fight or is it going to be a long time or do you think he doesn't get a chance at all? I think it's going to be a little while before Gage mm-hmm. gets a title fight. Typically Dana White will you know, hold off when, it, when the fighters lost that many in a mm-hmm. row. But uh, I was going to look up uh, Ro- Rose Namunis's coach, who's uh, also, uh, yeah, Trevor Whitman. So Trevor Whitman was actually 0-2 on the night, Justin Gaethje and Rose's uh, oh. coach. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, Trevor Whitman coming into those fights was considered one uh, coach of the year before this, was voted coach of, UFC coach of the year before these fights, and then they lost both. So they're going to have to do some reevaluation. I mean, he's going to have to take a different approach with Justin Gaethje from now on, knowing that that is his weakness. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what Trevor Whitman does if uh, Justin Gaethje continues to to fight with Trevor Whitman or if Rose decides to keep him around. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. And let's go back to Oliveira. So we all know he's a great fighter. He's definitely probably going to, when he, when it's all said and done, he's, he's going to be a hall of famer, right? Where would you rank him in the top lightweights of all time? Cause probably Nurmaga made of his number one, right? Mm-hmm. But where do you put Oliveira in there? And probably McGregor is somewhere in there, but where do you put Oliveira? Gosh, I mean, he's definitely top five. Um, mm-hmm. I have him, you know, if he beats, if he ends up fighting Makashev and beats Makashev, uh, we can talk about him being up there with uh, Khabib, because mm-hmm. I, I believe that uh, the reason, part of the reason Khabib left and retired, is because of the prominence of Makashev. Just a small reason, but I, I don't think he. I think Makashev is very similar to Khabib. But if he can beat Makashev, I think we're talking about one of the, like, if not the greatest of all time. Well, didn't Nurmagomedov train uh, Makachev for a little bit there? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. they they're very close. Um, I don't I don't think they work as together as much anymore because of Khabib's retirement. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely, I think that he's uh, like you said before. I think Makachev has the potential to be the next Khabib, quote unquote. So you know, if those two fight, um. You know, I think that'll be an indicator that if Charles Oliveira can beat Makachev decisively, um, if he can finish the job, I, I don't want to see it go to the decision. If he can finish Makachev, we're talking about potentially the greatest of all time. And do you think Habib's going to come out of, you don't think Habib's coming out of retirement now with him getting enshrined to the Hall of Fame? Because there was a lot of talk where, you know, Oliveira should fight Nurmaga Medev, but it's almost been two years since he retired. So you don't think he's going to come out of retirement, do you? You know, it's hard telling with Khabib, um, you know, with his father passing and everything that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard telling how long someone takes to kind of get over that or if that was his final decision. But uh, right now he's gained a lot of weight. So it's going to be a little bit at least <laughs> you've seen the uh, chubby, uh, the chubby version of him walking around. So 
Um, you know, I think he'll get back in the octagon at some point. I don't think he's going to completely be retired. I think at some point he's going to feel the need to get back in there again. I just don't think it's going to be now. It's interesting too, because almost out like everybody on Twitter, at least on social media was saying after he knocked out or after he sub gauge you where, Oh, he's coming back. Right. But you just got in trained to the hall of fame and like, it's almost been two years. So, and plus I think he's kind of a busy guy, right? I think he's a pre- he's the president of a U or not a UFC, but he's the president of uh, some type of MMA league. So I can't yeah. really see him coming out of retirement. He seems like he seems like he likes retirement. So yeah, we'll he's starting his own there. league. He has some interesting uh, fighters in that league too. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's it's developing. We'll say that. But if you ever have a chance, check out Khabib's uh, MMA league. It's kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's start. Let's let's go back with. Um, well, actually, let's keep let's continue talking about Ola or Oliveira. So before the weight he missed, or before before yes. the fight he missed weight. Uh, we were talking about it before we were starting recording. You said that you didn't agree with that. I mean, it's half a pound. He was half a pound short. Do you think there was a shot or do you think there was a chance where the their um, scale wasn't working or do you think he just simply missed the weight? I legitimately think that the scale wasn't working. I mean, I mm-hmm. think it was close to 14 to 15 of the fighters weighed a half a pound over their weight that they had previously weighed in on the test scale beforehand. Um, so there was talks about the scale being off. However, the weird thing is that Charles Oliveira came in the first time after weighing on the test scale, went in and weighed a, a half pound over, then had a whole hour to go and get rid of that half pound and came back weighing exactly the same. So it's hard telling exactly what happened, but it's just a shame that, uh, you know, if it wasn't a championship uh, fight, then he wouldn't have vacated his purse, at least because that's allowed. You can have a half pound over in a non-championship mm-hmm. bout, uh, but I think they need to. I think it just has to do with the the gaming commission and where was it Las Vegas? No, wherever it was, they screwed up and they're probably going to have a lawsuit on their hands because Charles Oliveira was stripped of his belt. And I'm 100% sure he has an attorney looking at an investigation, trying to figure out what happened because uh, you know, when that, if that happens, you know, you can lose money as a fighter, your reputation, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, that's all defamatory. So if, if I think it was the Arizona state commission, if I'm mm-hmm. correct, um, they're going to get sued. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, I hope Charles Oliveira wins because he shouldn't have been stripped of his belt, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I never really saw something like that, but I think it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a, I'm not exactly a fan of the rule being half a pound out or half a pound, you know, underweight or whatever and miss not at, uh, having your belt vacated, but. It'll be interesting. I think he. I think everybody knows that he is the best fighter in that division. Uh, we were talking about Poirier earlier. Do you think Poirier should fight Gagey, or as you mentioned, uh, or you mentioned that he should fight Gagey? I I believe he should get another title fight or title uh, bout with Oliveira. Mm-hmm. What do you think exactly with the next few fights in the lightweight division? I would like to see Gagey get through Poirier before he takes on Oliveira again. Um, it's just the fact that. You know, I, I mean, Justin Gaethje has to prove himself again before he takes on Oliveira. Um, I, I, I also think that uh, Dustin Poirier uh, coming off his last fight um, could use some redemption and Justin Gaethje would be the perfect person. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's what that fight's going to happen. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I definitely think that uh, uh, Charles Oliveira, it's going to be tough to match match people up with him from here on out. You're going to have to really try or else, you know, the odds are going to be swayed. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to find great opponents for him. Um, Makashev, like I said, probably the next up. So, all right. So now that we've talked about kind of UFC 274 and everything, let's, t- let's start talking about the rankings. You kind of wanted to talk a little bit about it. Um, what cl- weight class really interests you with the rankings or rankings wise? I really wanted to look at the light heavyweight rankings with Glover Teixeira being champion and uh, that matchup with him coming up against uh, Yuri Prohaska. Uh, you know, after that, the winner of that will probably fight uh, the winner of Ankalaev, Muhammad Ankalaev and Rakic because Rakic is coming off a loss. Uh, he was currently ranked at number three. Uh, Ankalaev is currently ranked number four. He just jumped way up. So I see a matchup between Rakic and Ankalaev for the number three spot. And then uh, we'll see what happens between uh, uh, was it Yuri Prohaska and uh, Glover Teixeira. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I actually think Glover Teixeira has a good chance to win that fight, actually, with his grappling. Um, so it's going to be interesting. If Teixeira wins against Yuri Prohaska, we could possibly see um, you know, a rematch between Jan Blahovich and Glover Teixeira again now that Jan's won. I mean, it could go any way, but it's going to be really interesting. I think we should keep an eye on the lightweight heavy or light heavyweight rankings because, I mean, you even have uh, – Paul Craig is coming off of a win. Um, John Hall Hills coming off of a win. Um, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. So yeah, the light heavyweight uh, rankings are going to be mixing it up here soon. And is there any, uh, another weight class you want to talk about? Maybe, well, I guess, I don't know. Oh yeah. Walter weight. Yeah. Yeah. Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, Kazmat Shmaev, Gilbert Burns, Bilal Muhammad. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. You also have Vicente Luque coming in at number six. And, uh, you know, after that, it's Steven Thompson, Jorge Masvidal, Sean Brady, and Neil Magny. So uh, there's going to be sort of a carousel going on there again, but I'd like to see Bilal Muhammad. Um, I believe he has another fight coming up here soon. But, uh, yeah, and Kazmat Chemaev as well. I would love to see a, a matchup between Kazmat Chemaev and Kamaru Usman. That would be amazing. It seems like, though, no one's going to beat Usman unless something really happens drastic. I mean, he's fought Kobe Covington. Um, we all know he's fought Gilbert Burns. I think he's fought Leon Edwards, correct, on that? In the past, I think he has. Um, we'll have to check on that. But I was just going to say that, you know, Leon Edwards might actually be a, uh, a decent matchup uh, issue for Kamara Usman, considering how long he is and considering Kamara Usman doesn't generally like to shoot anymore very much and he he likes to keep it on the feet now that he's improved his jab and stuff like that i mean he knocked colby covington out with a jab so um i think <laughs> i think it would be a uh i think it'd be a nice matchup there um also Bilal muhammad versus uh kamar uzman you know Bilal muhammad's grappling is a lot better than people think it is and uh, i think just anyone against Kamaru uzman right now is just a, a juicy fight because it's hard telling how you're gonna beat the guy you know he's mm-hmm. so strong He's like a bowling ball in there. So, you know, Kazmat versus Usman. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to see Bilal Muhammad get a chance to, like I said, even Vicente Luque um, is someone that could, I believe if he could go in there and fight Usman and get lucky and catch him and knock him out because he has that power. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think so, at some point, Kamar Usman is going to get dethroned um, by someone like the likes of uh, Muhammad or Chimaev, someone else that can, that can grapple and out grapple Usman and uh, stay away from him on the feet just like that. So, I mean, that prototype alone, I think, is what's going to be able to take out Kamaru. But for the time being, uh, he is the champion, and uh, he's you know he'll be there for a minute. So we'll see what happens. Well, we haven't heard Jorge Masvidal in a long time. What about him? Because I know he's fought Usman twice. Both times he got beat. But um, what's next for Jorge Masvidal? You know, I'd like to actually see him fight Michael Chiesa because of the matchup. Um, you know, him being a brawler and Chiesa being a grappler, I'd like to see what happens there. Um, because, you know, if if Chiesa takes it to the mat, um, you know, Jorge's in trouble. But if, if Jorge connects with Chiesa on the feet, he's in trouble. So I think that would be a great fight to watch. Um, plus, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Michael Chiesa, um, you know, go against someone uh, that's actually not going to guarantee uh, beat him. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'd like to see him fight someone of more his caliber. So I think that'd be a good fight to make. Um, even, you know, Steven Thompson versus Jorge Masvidal might be a good one. You see if he can close the gap on Steven Thompson, but you know, Jorge Masvidal has got to figure it out. He's running around the street, assaulting people. So he's, he's got, he's got to figure it out if he's going to yeah. fight again in the UFC. So he's got some making up to do, but, uh, um, we'll see on that. Yeah. And I do feel for Colby Covington on that too, because, you know, I think he did chip a tooth on that. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? It'll be fun to watch, though. Um, the one thing I the one question I have is what's Colby Covington going to do now after that? Um, could it be against Gilbert Burns? That could be a possibility. So we'll see. Yeah, it would be interesting to see because I feel like Kobe Covington Outside of, you know, Usman, he's number one, really. I mean, that's basically what the ranking show as well. So mm-hmm. 
we'll see what happens there. But it's good. Yeah, as you said, it's going to be interesting these next few months, what happens outside of Usman in that uh, welterweight ranking. So on that le- on that note, let's jump. Let's transition over to UFC 275. Not a huge card compared to UFC 276. We'll end on that one. But um, let's start off with the main bout with Glover Teixeira. Um, I think this is his first title defense. Do you think he can defend it or do you think there's an upset going to happen here? I think there's a good chance he could defend it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's going to be one of my favorite fights of the year because Yuri Prohaska is one of my is one of the most exciting fighters to watch, and uh, you know that it's going to be a fun fight just for the fact that Yuri Prohaska uh, is so unorthodox that it's going to be interesting to see how Glover Teixeira handles that because Glover Teixeira is very very technical, and it's like it's like I said it's going to be a technical fighter versus a freestyle fighter, so. Normally in those matchups, the technical fighter uh, will win unless the other fighter knocks him out, right? Or else it's going to go to the ground. So I'm I'm leaning towards Glover to share in that matchup as much as I don't want to see that happen. I'd like to see Yuri Prohaska win. Um, so I, I think in that fight, you're either going to see a late round stoppage with you know Glover to share uh, choking Prohaska out, or you're going to see a first or second round TKO by Prohaska. Um, either way, it's going to be fireworks. Yeah, especially with the light heavyweight, um, weight light heavyweight bout. Uh, let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about the co-main event with Shevchenko, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, I think she's going to be the heavy favorite in this one. I mean, do you think she gets upset here, or do you think she handles her business like normal? Uh, you know, I think Shevchenko is going to. I think Shevchenko is going to easily win this fight. Um, I, I like Tyler Santos. I like how she's been able to. I like how she's improved her striking. Um, I just don't think it's going to be enough for Shashenko and the full package that she has. Tyler Santos is more or less one to two dimensional when it comes to you know how she fights. So I think Shashenko is going to find a lot of openings against her. And honestly, at this point, it's just who are we going to throw at Shashenko? It's like throwing him to the wolves at this point. But I just don't think she has a chance against Shashenko. I think it'll be a fun fight just to see how good Shashenko fights. So do you think Shashenko gets the knockout on Santos or do you think it actually goes the distance? Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say she she gets a stoppage. I'm gonna say she gets a stoppage. I don't know how she's gonna do it, but I just see Tyler Santos not being able to take take it from Valentina Shashenko. That's my prediction. All right, so let's talk about our last thing of UFC 275 before we jump on to UFC 276, which is just a stack card. Um, mm-hmm. We got Wei Li Zhang. We talked about her a little bit. Um, what happens in this next in this matchup? And I mean. Do you think Jane can get the knockout or the submission or how do you think this uh, fight will last or and will end? I think it's going to go the distance and I think it's also going to come down to grappling because that's Joanna's uh, technical weakness against against Zhang. Um, like I said, a lot of these fights where um, where it ends up on the ground, you know, in these in these especially the straw weight fights with Zhang being so strong down on the ground. I mean, I it could go either way, but I just see Zhang being able to outgrapple and being a lot stronger than Joanna. Um, Joanna's going to obviously probably come out in the first round winning in strikes, but eventually, like we saw her against uh, Nami Yunus, eventually she's going to lose composure and probably break down against Zhang. I, you know, I see just a fast start from Jerchik and then slowly breaking down against Zhang because she's so powerful. All right, so let's talk about the UFC 276, which, again, this card is just stacked looking over it right now. I mean, even guys like Uriah Hall's in this fight. You have Sean O'Malley, Misha Tate's coming back. Then you have the co-main about you have the trilogy between Volkanovsky and Holloway. And then, of course, you have Israel Adesanya, which I think is number two in the pound-for-pound rankings in the UFC. So let's start off with – let's just start off with Uriah Hall. Um, what do you see in this matchup, and how do you think it ends – or how do you think it ends? I, I think Andre Munez is going to beat Uriah Hall. Um, he's he's more of an up-and-comer. Uriah Hall is, is ranked above Munez, but I see this as a setup fight. I mean, Uriah Hall, has he's dropped off a lot over the years. I'm surprised he's still ranked at nine, but he does pull out these wins every so often. Um, I just think Munez is, is too strong of a competitor. Uh, I, I don't think Hall has that many rounds left in him, to be honest. So... I mean, if, if, if you're a betting person, you know, drop five bucks on Uriah Hall for the knockout. But other than that, I see Andre Munez dominating here. 
All right, so let's move on to the next matchup in the bantamweight division. You got Sean O'Malley, of course, one of the more exciting fighters in the UFC, taking on Pedro Munoz here. Um, I mean, do you think Malley gets the win here? We haven't seen Malley in a, oh, O'Malley in a while. Um, how do you think this fight will end up? Oh, I think O'Malley gets the win easily. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedro, Pedro Munoz, you know, he's going to have that reach disadvantage. Um, and he's not hes not like a um, – who's the fighter that uh, – hurt O'Malley and then knocked him out on the ground. Uh, Chito Vera, he's not a Chito Vera, you know, he's not going to be able to lock you down and take those punches Mm -hmm. like that. So Pedro Munoz is going to have his, have to find his way around the kicks and, and the jabs of O'Malley. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I see a first or second round knockout by O'Malley. All right. So let's go into the flyweight division here and the women's side. We have Misha Tate coming back. This one looks pretty exciting. She's a former champion, of course, taking on Lauren Murphy. Do you think Misha Tate comes back and gets the win or do you think Lauren Murphy, you know, wins it here? Because Misha Tate is coming back. She hasn't fought in a long time. So, I mean, how could you see this fight end up going? And I mean, who do you think gets the win here? It's tough. I haven't had too much time to think about it, but uh, you know, Lauren Murphy, seasoned veteran, Misha Tate, seasoned veteran. Mm-hmm. Lauren Murphy has been a lot more active lately than Misha Tate, like you said. And, and Misha Tate did have recently come back and have a strong performance. Um, Lauren Murphy is going to have the advantage in this fight um, in the first couple of rounds. But then again, Misha Tate, second, third round, um, she really puts on the Jets. Um, and I think she still has it in her. So I can see Misha Tate winning with a late round stoppage or by decision. Um, okay. I think Lauren Murphy, I think the, the odds will come out with in favor of Lauren Murphy though. Okay. Um, but I think Misha Tate will win the fight. All right. Very interesting. Let's go into the next, I guess the tri main event, which is really a thing, but Sean Strickland taking on Alex Pereira. I mean, this fight doesn't exactly draw a lot of interest like the other ones, but I mean, what do you think it about should. this matchup? It should draw the interest of a lot of people and it's not because of the names and uh here's the facts sean strickland is on a tear uh all the opponents that he's faced recently he was completely destroyed um i believe didn't he just beat leon edwards or someone like that yeah he's just destroyed someone um alex Pereira has been on a, a win streak i mean this is the perfect matchup it's two guys who literally just want to like it's going to be a street fight out there i mean sean strickland is Again, he he's very technical, and mm-hmm. so is Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira is a little better with his kicks. So, uh, but Sean Strickland, the amount of boxing volume that he puts on you and the pace that he puts on you could end up being too much for Alex Pereira. I honestly can't tell you how this fight's going to end, JJ. It's and uh, like I said, it's one of these fights that is going under the radar. It's going to be an insane fight because of the volume, because of the pace that both these guys put on. If I was to take a guess at who wins this fight, I'm going to say Alex Pereira solely based on size alone and reach. Mm-hmm. But then again, the boxing volume of Strickland. But yeah, I know that Pereira is probably going to come be coming out as the favorite in this fight, but I can see a Sean Strickland late round upset as well. So if you, <laughs> if you want to see a good fight, tune in. Don't sleep on this fight. Don't sleep on this fight at all. All right. Uh, so I'll talk about the other one, the co-main about. I'm kind of surprised this is a co-main event. This is how stacked this card is with Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Max Holloway, the trilogy. Now, the last time they fought, wasn't sure I agreed with it. I guess it's been almost two years now the last time they fought. But, um, I mean, this is probably Volkanovsky's really last fight in the featherweight division because there was rumors that he wants to move up and get a chance to fight in the lightweight division, which would be interesting. But, um, um I mean, let's just start off here. Do you think this will last five rounds or do you think they'll be ending a knockout? Uh, it could go five or it, it's going to go a couple rounds, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to go over three rounds. I think um, here's the thing. Volkanovsky is an absolute animal and he just walks through shots. I mean, he walked through all those uh, Ortega shots. He he was in one of the tightest guillotines I can possibly imagine. And he worked his way out of that. Um, You know, he said he was seeing the lights go out. So the heart of this guy is just insane. Mm -hmm. At this point, I think it's a lot more heart than Holloway has, even though Holloway is known for having a lot of heart in his fights. He is an older guy. Volkanovsky is a little bit younger than Holloway. Um, The only way Max wins this fight is by volume and by decision, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the yeah. last time they fought, what did you think about that? Did you think Valkanov, the judges, got it right? Or do you think Holloway should have won it? Or, I mean, what did you think about the last time they fought? I think it could have gone either way. I think mm-hmm. that Max Holloway probably uh, won on significant strikes, but Volkanovski had a little bit more octagon, mm-hmm. octagon control time. I think it all comes down to, uh, you know, you got to do a little bit more to beat the champion. So I think... Mm-hmm. You know, Max Holloway is going to have, if he wants to get this done, he's going to have to come in here and do more than he did last time. That's for sure. All right. Last question with Volkanovsky and Holloway. Do you think it's a more interesting fight than the main bout? Or do you think with Israel Adesanya, it's always going to be interesting? And would you rather watch that fight if you had a choice, which of course you're going to choose both, but what's a more interesting fight as of now? I definitely think the Volkanovsky and Holloway fight is going to be more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really understand the matchup here between Adesanya and Kananir. I know Kananir is number two and it's almost like the only one you can really throw at Adesanya at this point uh, in that division right now. Um, I just think Adesanya is going to tear Kananir up on the outside. I mean, Kananir, he's good. He's fast. He's got a quick jab, but he's he doesn't move like Adesanya and he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit one-dimensional. Um, I mean, I don't even think Cannoneer could control Adesanya on the ground, to be honest. So I don't think it's going to be a very exciting fight. I think Adesanya is probably going to get a knockout. Where do you rank Adesanya among the top fighters in the UFC now? And actually, he's he's definitely a Hall of Famer. We all know that. But do you think he's one of the best middleweight fighters of all time in the UFC? I'm going to have to give him a yeah. I'm going to have to give him a yes just because of what he's done at his age. Yeah. Um, nobody can really take that away from him. Um, and he only continues to grow. So, yeah, what he's done so far, I would definitely say that. Um, he only had, you know, the sky's the limit for Asanya. Um, yeah, I think that uh, eventually I'd like to see a, a rematch between him and Jan Blahovich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the last time they fought, it was great. It was just, you know, Blahovich had the advantage for the whole time because he was just, you know, bigger and he I think that was out of Sunday's first time he was fighting the light heavyweight division. So mm-hmm. um, it was still really great to see out of Sanya. Oh, go the distance with at the time was the light heavyweight champion. So um, as you mentioned, you think Adesanya is going to win, going to pretty much have an easy decision here. I mean, who do I you think, think he's going to knock Cannonier out. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And who, I think he's due for a big knockout. Mm-hmm. What's next for Adesanya though? I mean, you mentioned it's going to be hard for anybody to fight him, but do you think he should move back up on the division or just, you know, just kind of wait for a top fighter in the middleweight division? God, it's tough. You know, he just fought Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to fight Cannonier. He just fought Vittori. Bronson's. Nobody wants to make that fight. I mean, mm-hmm. l- let's see what Sean Strickland does here against uh, against uh, Perea. Because I think if Perea beats Sean Strickland, um, he could jump the rankings up there. And and we could. I'd love to see a matchup between Adesanya and Perea. I think it's a good. Mm-hmm. I think they match up statistically and stylistically very well. So I'd love to see that matchup. If they can make that happen, great. Yeah. And uh, before we end the interview, and again, thanks for coming on, Kyle. Uh, We can't, you know, when you mentioned the UFC, you have to talk about a few people always, even if they're not really necessarily the conversation. You talk about Conor McGregor, you talk about Habib. And on the women's side, you always have to mention, you know, um, Amanda Nunes, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think her next matchup is going to be a rematch with Juliana Pena? Yes, I think it is. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the next matchup. Um, I just don't think there's really anybody else. And uh, I think that the way that that fight ended, I think there's too many questions up in the air. So I think mm-hmm. that's definitely going to be the next matchup. Uh, I, I At this point, I think Dana White really can tell Nunez what to do because she lost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you put in, you put on an embarrassing performance in there, can, can, you know, considering what you normally do, I think that Dana White's probably going to be able to get her into a rematch with Pena. So I definitely think you're right on that. Um, I haven't really thought about any other matchups. I think that's probably the one to make. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I think it might be a little down the road here, but you know, it's been a few months since they both fought. So, all right, again, mm-hmm. thanks for coming on. Kyle, is there anything else you want to add before we end the interview? Follow the sports town podcast. Listen to JJ every day. <laughs> All right, again, (laughs) thanks for coming on, Kyle. Um, Have a great day and enjoy the next two UFC events. So Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. All right, that's the show. Can't thank you enough for listening to the Sports Town Podcast. We really appreciate it. 
Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Sportstown underscore podcast or on Twitter at Sportstown Pod. We release new episodes every week. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Here's some independent music to send you into the greatest week of all time. Thank <laughs> you.